Good morning, church. I hope each one of you are doing wonderful this Sabbath morning. I can hardly even believe that it's September already. On a personal note, though, 41 years ago today, approximately around this time frame, I met my oldest son, Joshua, for the very first time. I became a dad. Boy, was I scared. I had no idea what I was doing. But I thank the Lord that he was there with me. But the Lord has blessed me with two wonderful loving sons. Loving sons that I'm so proud of. In fact, both of my boys attended and grew up in this church. In this church that was really, they were part of your family. I believe that it takes a village to raise a child. And I thank each one of you for being there for my boys. And in doing so, I just think that this morning as we talk about our subject matter, which is how to escape from anxiety with God's help, it's an issue that's affecting each one of us. But before we start, let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for who you are. We thank you for your love and your compassion, your understanding, the gift of your Son, but we thank you so much for your presence for being with us now in this pandemic storm. A lot of us are restless. A lot of us are going through problems and difficulties financially, spiritually, as well as physically. And we need your help. This morning as we come together as your children, may your presence touch each one of us in a special way. May your Holy Spirit move to give us understanding of who you are, but also to what you can offer us in this time of trouble. For the answer truly is on you, not in the world, but on you, and we thank you for that. So, Father, may your presence be with each one of your children, wherever they are at, viewing this this morning. Touch them, hold them, give them comfort and peace as we go through this series, or as we go through this beginning of what we've been experiencing with this pandemic. Draw close to us now. In your loving son's name I pray. Amen. I stand before you a different person than six months ago. Yes, I have a new hip, and I thank the Lord for that. But I got to be honest with you. Something is happening. I can't help but look around me and see the world, see the news, and see what's taking place, even with my families and friends, and hear the voice of Jesus in Matthew 24 as he speaks. But all this is only the first of the birth pains with more to come. We are going through some troubling times. We are experiencing, no, we are within a pandemic that has claimed over 180,000 people in the United States. Churches are closed. Economic issues arise, natural disasters, social unrest, and of course, a nasty election year to boot. And here we stand. There you sit, struggling with stress, depression, 
suicides, anxiety, disharmony within our families and friends all around us. We are experiencing something that we have never experienced before. I looked on the computer to do a Google search. I came across this from the CNN Health Department. Acute anxiety, internet searches for keywords spiked in an all-time high in the early part of the pandemic. In practical terms, over the first 58 days of the COVID pandemic, there were an estimated 3.4 million total searches related to severe acute anxiety in the United States. 3.4 million. Searches for anxiety and for panic attacks were the highest that they had ever been in the 16 years of historical search history. Another sad note is one out of four individuals in the ages of 18 to 24 contemplated suicide. Folks, we are going through a time that we have never seen. We are experiencing feelings that we have never felt before. This morning, as we go through this and talk about anxiety, and I believe it, it's real, I believe it affects each one of us in one way or another. I'm going to be referencing what I'm going to call factual stones. Factual stones that will help remind us about the truth of anxiety, but also what God is going to do and can do to help us. For example, in life you will deal with many, with many situations that will leave you feeling anxious. That's a given. That's a given. Being experiencing anxiety is not all bad. That's part of who we are. Whether you're depressed about the past or anxious about the future, your negative emotions will prevent you from living life the way that God wants you to. Anxiety can weigh heavy on you. I have talked to other people. Those times when you feel that your faith is missing something can be incredibly frustrating. It leaves you in a sense of helplessness. The more we believe that we're falling short, the more we think God can't help us through our suffering. Yes, that's a fact. That's the lie that we tell ourselves. But the part that I like best is, but the truth is, God can. God can. He is with us. Anxiety is not a spiritual deficit, the result of a lack of faith or sin in our past. Boy, if you look at it that way, you have missed the boat. There is nothing that you can or can't do in your spiritual life to change how your brain works. It's important to know that God is with you, especially during the dark hours. 
I'm sure each one of you have experienced storms in your life. I know that I have. And during those times, that is when I have felt closest to God, is in those storms. When I am at odds with myself of knowing what I should and shouldn't do, God is saying, Fred, I am right here for you. I'm standing beside you. You can trust on me. You can lean on me. I am here. And I thank him for that. But see, right now, what we are going through for some people are very dark times. God understands your anxiety and will walk beside you every moment of every day. He created you. He understands you. He knows the situation better than you know it yourself. There are five things I want to touch on this morning that will help us to escape from the anxiety and receive God's help that he gives to us. Number one, remember the truth of God. The text I'm looking at is John 14, 6. Jesus told them, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. If you want to find the truth in the Bible, look for Jesus Christ. Jesus told Philip, if you want to see your father, my father, look at me. We are one. Jesus is the truth. We need to have our establishments of where we stand, where we build our life upon, which is the truth. Changing your way of thinking doesn't happen overnight. Remember, we're all sinners. We're all broken. We need help. We're work in progress. Don't judge me now. I can't judge you. No one can judge you. God is with each one of us wherever we are at in our journey. God is there. And we have to remember, it's hard difficult, difficult times, is, is to acknowledge the fact I am a broken person and I need help. And I thank the Lord for churches. I thank the Lord for opportunities that in that time frame, it is important for us to be surrounded by a loving faith community, a church family that can come together, that we can even stand up here and share and be transparent and be honest with you with the struggles that are in our life. And doing so, you will embrace me. You will accept me. You will take me in your arms and say, it's okay. I will journey with you, Fred. That is so desperately needed for anybody who is experiencing anxiety. Because anxiety has a tendency to isolate a person. For them not to talk. We have to remember that the support groups, that community, maybe it's just a handful of friends or somebody that you have as far as a neighbor or go to someone's house. That is so desperately important for you to help you in this time frame that God could use them to be with you. Paul instructs in Colossians 3, 2, set your mind on things that are above. Set your mind on things that are above not on things that are on the earth. Makes sense, doesn't it? As we read the scriptures, as we mature as Christians, we come to the realization that God doesn't want us to focus on the things here on this earth. 
Our home is in heaven. That's where my citizenship is at. He wants me to make kingdom decisions now for eternity. He wants me to help my brothers and my sisters to be able to be ready when Christ comes that we all can go home. He wants me to focus on things above and not be distracted of the things of this world that are around me. I like it how the Message Bible puts it. Don't shuffle along, eyes to the ground, absorbed with things right in front of you. Look up and be alert to what is going on around Christ. That's where the action is. See things from his perspective. His perspective. How many times have you heard that word preached from this pulpit? Perspective. God wants me to see life and people and friends and church through his perspective, not mine. And that is so important to help us in this time of need. When we focus our thought on God's truth, which is found in the Bible, and I thank the Lord for it, our resources found right here in the words and the letters that Christ and the that the patriots and the writers have given to each one of us. It's a resource book that has answers that will help us through any difficult time, the bad as well as the good. Found in the Bible, we are better off than when we set our minds on the challenges of our life and the things of this world. If we think that we can do it ourselves and not turn to the scriptures, we are only lying and fooling ourselves. When Pastor Eric was here, he had a quote that I thought was pretty profound. And it goes like this. What gets in us, gets us. And what gets us gets reported in our thoughts, attitudes, words, and actions. Do you get it? What gets in us gets us. And what gets us gets reported in our thoughts, our attitudes, our words, and our actions. That's why it's so important for us to stay in the Scriptures. That's why it's so important for us to focus on Christ. That's why it's so important for us not to be distracted by the ways of the world. Because if the world gets in us, by the quote of Pastor Eric, it gets us. And you may have seen people by the way they live, by the way they walk, by the fruits that they bear. What gets in us, gets us. The second one is focus on Jesus. Oh, there's no better way to look at life than to focus on Jesus and seek his counsel as far as direction, guidance, to have his grace, to have his mercy. One of the first steps that you can take if you're dealing with anxiety is to fix your eyes on Christ. That is so important. Every morning when you wake up, wake up and talk to Christ. Focus your eyes on him. 
Make him real. Communicate to him. Invite him to be with you throughout the day. Because in doing so, your eyes will be able to be focusing on him as well as other things, but his presence will be with you. Trust that he is right there with you, even in the face of what you are dealing with. Depression, sadness, hurt, financially, physically, spiritually. He knows it. He's there. He's willing to help you. He hasn't left you. When you're in need of strength, ask yourself, do I need strength? I know I do. When you're in need of strength, one of the best things that you can do is to call on God for his direction. Calling on God for help. It seems like a childish thing. It seems like, well, I'm a man. I don't need his help. I can do it myself. Well, that's what the enemy wants us to believe. But Jesus says, come to me like little children. I loved it when my sons were young and they asked me for directions. They asked me for counsel and they asked me for advice. I wasn't God, but boy, I was their father and I smiled because they came to me. God is the same way. May, be, may we be as little children. In fact, the scripture says that we are to be in the world, but not of the world. Here you are, folks, right there. And if we stand and we look up and we see Jesus Christ and we keep our eyes upon him, he promises that he will be with us, surround us, protect us, direct us. But unfortunately, in this picture, there's a lot of space around here. A lot of space. And the honest truth is, the enemy will do his darndest to distract you from keeping your eyes on Jesus. If you're looking at this at the bar chart, this little segment right here is focusing on Christ. But look at all of this that he can do to distract you, tempt you, derail you, entice you, lie to you. He doesn't care about you. He will do his darndest. In fact, that's what the world is doing all around us. We are to be in the world, but not of the world. We don't want the world to get in us. Because when it does, it gets us. I want Jesus to get in me. I want people to see Jesus in me by my thoughts, my actions, and my words, and my behavior. This is an everyday occurrence that we need to look at Jesus and focus on him. Anxiety is a crippling disease. I can honestly say that I've had some issues a little bit of being stressed 
But if you were to ask my wife, he says, oh, Fred, he's too laid back. I can put things on the shelf. I can just cruise along, I guess. But I know that there are those out there. I got permission from my son, Josh. You all know him. He's the birthday boy. 41 years old. And he experiences anxiety. When they lived here, when he was a teacher, he had difficulties because things were happening in his life that really he couldn't understand. And when you have anxiety, you have a tendency to shut down. They moved back to Michigan. Things are going well for him. But even to this day, when he gets into groups at his business, when he's asked to give a presentation, even when he gets into family gatherings, anxiety kicks in. And here's a little snapshot for you to explain to you how real it is. He says, Dad, I love going to Costco with my wife and my daughter. I walk hand in hand with them, and we're going through the store. And then all of a sudden, just like that, I turn to Rachel and say, honey, I, I got to go. I got to go. I'll, I'll be in the car. That hurts him. It devastates him. But he has no control over it. It is real. It can take over not only your minds, but also your hearts, and ultimately plunge you into thoughts of darkness. Anxiety is not a joking matter. The Bible tells us in Philippians 4, 6 to 7, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Josh said, you know what? If I had a dollar bill for every time someone came up to me and said, Josh, it says right here in Philippians 4, don't be anxious. Just pray to God and give it to him. He says, I hear you. I do. I do. Remember, we're broken. We're broken. And we don't change just like that. It takes time. Verse 7 says, And the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guide your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. It was just a couple weeks ago that I read this verse, and all of a sudden it hit me. When it says here that the peace of God, it's not like he is handing out peace to those who ask of him. It says the peace of God. His peace he gives to you. So the question is, why is God at peace? What is it that gives him peace? 
peace. And the answer that I come up with, he's in control. He is in control. So therefore, (laughs) he's at peace. He doesn't worry. He doesn't fret. He has no anxieties. He is in control. And if we can just grab onto that, and make it real in our lives, it will change every aspect of what happens, especially right now. Especially right now with the pandemic, with the virus, with the conflict, with the problems that we see on the news, the politics. I don't know about you folks, but for me, the devil is trying to separate us into different camps. I don't like that. He wants to divide and conquer. And when we get to different camps, we have a tendency to kind of have an attitude of, I'm right and they're wrong. I've come to the point of, Fred, what are your thoughts about this? Well, let me tell you. I'm not sure what's going to happen, but I do know one thing. God is in control. And whatever happens goes according to his will and his plan. And I'm not going to lose sleep tonight. When we fix our eyes on Jesus, we can rest assured that in God's promises that he will that he will get us through the darkest valleys. He will carry us in the times that we need his help. He will do everything possible for us, for we are his children. The next item, walk with God. Do you believe that God is walking beside you? in times of anxiety and troubles like we are experiencing today? You have to ask yourself that question. You have to know the answer to that question. Because if you don't, you will flounder. And you will be susceptible to the enemy. In Matthew 28, 20, we hear the words as the disciples come to the end of their time with Christ and he gives them counsel and he gives them these words teach them to obey everything that I have told you to do you can be sure that I will be with you always always I will continue with you until the end of time so kids if you're looking at me Christ is right beside me He's supporting me. He's helping me. The Holy Spirit is inside of me, helping me with the words that I choose to speak. He's not letting me down like Pastor Sert says, Christ has my back. (laughs) 
Psalms 138, 7. Though I am surrounded by troubles, you will protect me from the anger of my enemies. You reach out your hand, and the power of your hand saves me. The power of your hand saves me. I've had the privilege to be able to talk to a young man who's going through some very difficult, trying times right now. My desire is to help him see a picture of a God who is there, who loves him, who has not abandoned him. And even though the outcome looks like there is no outcome, God always had the last say. I believe in miracles. I believe that God can baffle the medical field. I don't care if the cancer is the big C. God can still heal a person if he so chooses. But as you're going on this journey that is trying and difficult, you don't have to go through it alone. And the best picture that this young man has been able to capture into his mind is when I asked him a simple question. Remember when your children were small and you would walk through the mall or through a grocery store and you would take their hand and say, okay, Jimmy, hold my hand. Don't lose daddy's hands. Stay with me. I will guide you through the crowd. I will be there. You don't have anything to worry about, Jimmy. How many have you experienced that when you were a child? I remember my dad doing it many times. Freddie, just take my hand, son. I will lead you to where we need to go. I will protect you. And when I heard my daddy's voice tell me, Freddie, you don't need to worry, I didn't. All I had to do was to hold on to my daddy's hand. But I didn't realize that my daddy's hand was holding on to mine a whole lot stronger. So when I talk with this young man, hold on to daddy's hand. Hold on to daddy's hand. Because he is going to hold on to you. And you have nothing to fear. You have nothing to be able to have anxiety. You just have to be there to help him take you through this journey. We don't know the outcome. But if you want the peace of God, take his peace by saying, my daddy is in control. I'm just along for the ride and the joy and the peace and the company. I think so many times God wants us to go back in that text and see those verses come unto me like little children. He wants the simplicity. He wants us to think with the simplicity, the sincerity, the honesty. He desires that. I think the key for each one of us is to remember the promises of God's word. 
Matthew 11, 28, 30 says, Then Jesus said, Come to me, all you who are weary, carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle of heart, and you will find rest. You will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give to you is light. If you are weary, and if you are weary, Christ is calling you to come unto him. And I will give you rest. I will give you peace. I will give you comfort. I will take away the anxiety, the stress, and the worries that you struggle with. The promise is there to each one of us. Man, woman, child, whatever. The spectrum has no age limit. Because the devil doesn't care. He's doing his darndest to fight us. And I'm being fought, you're being fought. At times, you know what? I just need a haven and a place to go to. And if it's in the arms of Christ that I can rest my soul, I'll take it every time. But may we not have the mindset, don't wait until the anxiety passes to seek God. Did you hear that? Don't wait until you get better. Don't wait until the anxiety goes away. Don't wait because if you're in the midst of the storm in a crisis and you're crumbling, that is when you need to address up and, and, and walk to Christ and say, Lord, take me. Take me as I am. I am broken. And I need your embrace. I need your arms. I need your comfort. I need your love. He's eager to walk with each one of us. In fact, he may even carry us as we go through the storms of life. He loves us that much. Actively read scripture. The best ammunition that we have when it comes to the things of this world is to read scripture. God is eternal and his word stands forever. Forever. God does not change and his word does not change. There have been no changes. People will tell you God's word does not change. Because it comes from God, who himself is the truth, the word of God is true. If God said it, good enough for me. We sometimes lose sight that we are his creative beings. I'm not a mechanic. I have to confess that. If I have car problems, I would probably call Brandon down the street and ask for help. But in reality, I'm not a mechanic. The only thing that I can really do which makes any kind of sense is to find my owner's manual. And I know in the owner's manual, it's going to have a section for troubleshooting. That's about all I can look at. 
and see if there's anything in the troubleshooting section that might relate to the problem that my car is doing. But at least give me some credit that I turned to the manual and did my diligence and tried to do my best before I had to call for a, a truck or something to, to add an appointment to get it fixed. But the manual is the best thing, really. The more educated a person is, the manual is a benefit to the person who owns it. This is our owner's manual. If we have difficulties, the answers are found in here. It's found in here by looking at the trouble, the troubleshooting. And the best way that we can get clarity on how this manual will help us is to find individuals, to find saints that are experiencing similar dilemmas that I am. And how does God help them? They're all throughout the Bible. Their lives are there for us to glean from, to learn from. This is our owner's manual. A manual that is there for each one of us to treasure. And the last item is pray without ceasing. The Bible tells us that Jesus was sent to heal the brokenhearted in Luke 4, 18. And he will restore our health and heal our wounds, Jeremiah 30, 17. Jesus not only carries all of your pain, but also had the power to heal you. James says, if you have not, because it, you, you have not because you ask not. We have to be specific when we pray to God. I was just talking to a person today about their prayer life. He wants more than, good morning, Lord, how you doing? Just be with me today. Thank you very much. Goodbye. He wants specifics. Specifics. Even in times of difficulty and uncertainty, God wants us to know that he is present and able to make us whole again. He hears us. He wants us to know, K-N-O-W, he wants us to know that he hears us. He wants us to know that he is with us. We have to build a treasure chest of truth, of facts about God through his word that we understand. When it comes to prayer, Jesus should be our first line of defense, not your last resort. And I'm guilty with that myself. Because as a sinner, as a sinner, when a crisis happens... We have a little mechanism that seems to switch on that says, I need to take care of it. And so everything I try to do to fix the problem. And then you've heard the popular line, well, we've done everything. Let's stop and pray. When prayer should have been the very first thing. You have a problem, get on your knees and pray. You're in a crisis, pray. Difficulty in your family, pray. Difficult with your spouse, pray. Difficult with your children, pray. 
Stubbed your toe? Pray. Need your car fixed? Pray. For me, lose a contact? Pray. And he does help. When life gets hard, allow his voice to speak over your fears. Because you see, it's our fears that seem to get in the way. This morning, as we come to an end and we're about to land this plane, I want us to focus on just a few more of these factual stones that have truth in them. Truth about anxiety, but also too truth about how God helps us. Anxiety is a meteor shower of what ifs. You ever played that game? What if? Anxiety and fear are cousins, but they're not twins. Fear sees a threat. Anxiety, imagine ones. Did you catch that? Fear sees a threat, but anxiety, imagine ones. The presence of anxiety is unavoidable, but the presence of anxiety is optionable. We have a choice. God has given each one of us a freedom of choice. We don't have to be bound by the anxiety that has risen. We have a God that we can turn to. We have a God that will be there for us. We have a God who says, I will fight your wars. Give it to me. I will take care of it. Come into my loving, comforting arms and I will carry you. I will keep you safe. Anxiety is not a sin. It is an emotion. So don't be anxious about feeling anxious. It happens. It's real. It's reality. And the best thing that you can do when it happens is to find people that can be there for you with God in the middle to support you, walk with you, pray with you. I love little nuggets. I have them in my office. I have them on my door. Little things that seem to remind me about pictures of God. And there is one that I truly treasure. And I try to share it with everybody. I have the opportunity who's going through crisis, especially with anxiety, especially with this time right now. And that is, I don't know what tomorrow holds. But I know who holds tomorrow. I don't know what tomorrow holds. You don't know what tomorrow holds. But we can know who holds tomorrow.
We can connect with him. We can pray to him. We can talk to him. We can take his peace. We can be comforted by him. So we don't have to worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will be in his hands. Because we know who he is. It's interesting when I looked at the title that we had for this sermon. It said, How to Escape Anxiety with God's Help. And then it hit me. Let's break it into two parts. How to escape anxiety, question mark. I could probably sit here and talk to you the rest of the day and you can give me ideas of how you can escape anxiety. But see, the answer was already in the title. How can you escape anxiety, question mark? With God's help. He doesn't say with your help, with God's help. If nothing else today, walk away from this sermon knowing that He is the one that holds tomorrow. That He is the one that will give you peace because He is in control He is the answer for each thing that comes up in our lives. And he invites us to come to him and bring it to him, surrender it to him. Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and I will take care of all your other needs, he tells us as his children. This is a trying time. I agree. My wife and I had a wonderful Last month and a half by having a small group meet in our home. Some ladies, they allowed me to participate. We looked at a book by Max Lucado called Anxious for Nothing. I'm a great fan of Max. I love his writing. I love his work. And this morning as we close, I want to share with you a prayer that he gave in the closing of one of his chapters. Because I think it's so prevalent for each one of us today in the time that we live. Dear Lord, you speak to storms. Would you speak to ours? You calm the hearts of the apostles. Would you calm the chaos within us? You told them to fear not. Say the same to us. We are weary from our worry, battered and belittled by the gales of life. O Prince of Peace, bequeath to us a spirit of calm. Lord, will you turn a new leaf in our lives? Quench anxiety? Stir courage? Let us no less fret and more faith. Father, draw us close to you. In your loving son's name we pray. Amen. Enjoy the day. Enjoy the week. And until next time.